Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Uh, and welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise, Praise him. him. Oh. 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 Uh, and welcome back <laughs> to the Midsummery. Yes. Yes, here we are summarising some Midsummer. Yes. Uh, and today on the Midsummery, we will be talking about Marriage by Unspooled Theatre Collective, Overflow at the Arts Centre, and Rope Times, a rope bondage workshop run by Luke George. Ah, ah something a bit different. Yes, what a diverse little collection. Spice it up a bit. Yes. Mm, how fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at you running out of little words to say next to my little words that I'm also saying. Yeah. <laughs> this is what the listeners want. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> but of course. <laughs> Hi, Jake. Hello, James. Uh, how are you? Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Thanks for asking. Okay. How's your midsummer been going? <laughs> yeah, I'm good too. Uh, so far, so good. Still you thought you had COVID for a second? I did think I had COVID for a second. Yes, a friend of mine uh, got diagnosed. Got to- oh, yes. no. Yeah, with COVID. Uh, and I had shared a vape, don't tell mum. Uh, and. Um, so- Why are you vaping, honey? <laughs> Why is my mum Cher? Ew, it's a... Why is what that? A twist. <laughs> what a great twist. Wasn't Cher recently fighting for custody of her child? Did I read that? Her child's an adult. Yeah, but I think she's fighting for custody because he's like got like drug addiction or something and he can't look after himself and she oh. lost the court case or something. Did oh. I read that? Or did like I read... a conservatorship situation. I think, yes, exactly. Of Chaz Bono. Uh, I think so. I think so. Unless I dreamt it. You are, you're, I hope you're not dreaming familial rumours about Cher. I mean, we talk about Cher enough, like, it, it does add up. Let me have a quick read. Yeah, she's definitely in your subconscious. Um, oh golly, but Chaz Bono, didn't, didn't he win Dancing with the Stars? You don't go from winning an important television competition to drug addiction. LA, yeah, here we go, four days ago. LA County Superior Court ruled in favour of Elijah Blue Allman, 47, who is resisting the order and argued he is able to manage his own finances. There you go. Okay, so Cher has more than one child. Apparently, Cher gets emotional in court as lawyer says singer believes son Elijah Blue... Dot, dot, dot. I'm not clicking on the full article. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's already more than you were planning to read all month. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) How do people do it? I can't keep sharing this news with you. Okay, that's good. So this podcast podcast is now a way for people to hear bits of news and they can do the rest of the research themselves. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Praise Dionysus. Praise him. (laughs) What did you think we were doing? Um, how's your midsummer going, Jake? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. literally just came back from a workshop. I did. Yes, I just literally just walked into my apartment from yeah from Abbotsford, where I did the, yeah as you heard in the introduction, um yeah a rope bondage workshop that I'm going to talk about at the end of this goddamn episode. I'm so excited to hear about this. It sounds really fun. Why are you excited to hear about this? I've always wanted to like do a workshop of some sort of like rope bondage or shabari or some sort of BDSM thing. Like I, I I've always wanted to get more involved with that community, so I'm keen to hear about it. Okay, great. Oh. You're going to be out here living your dreams like this. Yeah, well, I was, I was, I wanted to go, mm. but, but my partner, Flynn. What? Uh, ah, oh. You get a partner, presumably, in the last three days. I met him at a fisting limiting. workshop last year. You were at a fisting workshop and yeah, you, your eyes where I met, met. Yeah, we were both. You were both doing he what? Was wearing me like a sock puppet. Okay. <laughs> and my eyes met. That's when your eyes met? I he felt, was already inside. I felt of you. his hand around my heart and I knew he was the one. Oh, God. What a nice story. Isn't that lovely? That is good. <laughs> We've been together for nearly three years ah! now. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I, I was going to go and see if he could come, but he couldn't make it. And I didn't feel comfortable going with anyone else. Mm. You know? So 
Uh, yeah, you are vicariously living my dream. Oh, so that's the backstory as to how I ended up at that workshop. Yes, yeah, we'll get into that when we get to the workshop section of, not this, important. of this episode. Uh, what um, else, Jake? What else is going on in your life right now? Um, oh, like, <laughs> like I believe, I think the statistics said it was like one-tenth, one-fifth of the country. I was very prepared to be winning the Powerball the other day. Why are we all talking so much about the Powerball? Because it's the biggest it's ever been, James, and yeah. everyone's poor. My, my, except my, um, the seven rich people. Yeah, that's true. Who are all richer than the rest of us combined. Yes. Kill them. Well, why is no one... I'm not encouraging I'm, I'm condoning violence. We have to storm the Bastille at some point. Well, that when... At what point... I was asking my friend this. At what point during the apocalypse mm. do you start quitting your job and, like, doing stuff like that? Like, what is the, the, the red flag that's like, oh, doing my job is no longer worth mm. it? I think surprisingly quickly. I think once, once the economy starts crumbling as much as it does... Especially when there's an end date on things. Like, that's all I would need. Sure, an end date, absolutely. But oh if it's God. the economy crumbling, Mama, we could, I think I could very easily be fooled into working for the rest of my life, even if the economy completely collapses. Because you still need stuff? Well, you still need stuff, and I have a feeling... Do you need money for the stuff that you need? Well, that's the thing. If, if, if that collapses to that point, maybe. Mm. But I think if the economy is, like, slowly collapsing, mm. Mama, I'm not going to know, because... I'm just going to keep working and people are going to keep telling me that everything's fine and I'm just going to have to believe them. Okay, sure. Okay, so that's also like a media situation. Is that what you're saying? I think so, yeah. Spin doctors have got, are out to get me. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure, which is arguably how we got into this situation in the first place is two poor people serving our overlords. Yeah, we're really poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're still... Isn't it scary that we, we, you know, we are not flush with cash but we're still way better off than so many people oh it's all devastating that's the scary thing it's like, yeah like this is good <laughs> yeah my god <laughs> yeah no oh my Horrendous. god and it's like and exemplified by like of course we all know about the cost of living crisis but then an opportunity like winning the powerball comes and that's uh, to mm. an answer to your almost like rhetorical sounding question that's why we all got swept up in it yeah. but it's like oh my god we all want a ticket out of this so desperately so bad you know oh my god oh my god no, my um, co-workers and I went in on what, what's it called a syndicate? a syndicate yeah I've never done any sort of powerball anything but I went in on a syndicate mm. spent 10 bucks we all spent 10 there are about six of us we won 40 dollars nice yeah good we at our workplace did the same thing we sort of combined our witchy energies and yeah we won eight dollars hey yeah so uh, <laughs> so but it, it was right. the really embarrassing well not embarrassing because it's hope but yeah no it's the thing where it's like yeah we just sort of jokingly think okay i can't wait for us to like all quit this job i mm. can't wait for this to be my last shift ever yeah. i can't wait for like all oh, the things and what was like devastating not to get hung up on this but it just really just like occupied my mind for a couple of days it's like when we talk to each other at work about like oh how are you going to spend your millions of dollars yeah. the answers were never like buying a castle the answers were like getting my teeth fixed Yes, yeah. It's all of this yeah. like base level human need stuff where it's like, no, I can't afford to get the medical care that I need. God, I would buy a house. Yeah, sure, I would buy a house. I'd buy a several. Okay, I'd buy a farm. I would buy a property out in the middle of the country, like a beautiful farm that I could retreat to if the world starts crumbling. Mm-hmm. Good um, yes. Oh, God, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, yep. I think is what I would do first. What would you do with all your money that isn't fixing your teeth? It would be teeth. It'd be health. It'd be go- like going to like every doctor I can find and just like hunting for problems because <laughs> they're in there. <laughs> um, I think you need to start going to see more shrinks than doctors. That, that's also a thing I could do. Yeah. I can't afford to do that. No. Um, I'd get an official ADHD diagnosis. Oh God, I would, yes. I would find all the medications that I need to get myself into a place where I can start organically fixing myself. <laughs> um, I would buy gifts for all the people that I like. And then after that, I don't know. What, I think would, that's... What, would, what would you buy for me? 
for you, oh, your little house in the country so you can flee. Oh, Jake, that's so nice of you. Of course. Thank yeah. You. Oh my God. All I want to do is just give gifts to people that I love. And it's like, I can't do it. And it devastates me. Every time people have birthdays or Christmas comes, it's like, I want to give you the world, but I have $7. <laughs> yeah. I love, yeah. I, I love doing an op shop gift, uh, gift because it's cheap. <laughs> sure. It's the only way to get gifts mm. anymore is at op shops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't win the lottery. We're we still did. not bajillionaires. Not, not, not yet. But it's on its way. It's coming. I'm feeling it. Yeah. I'm feeling it. They still haven't announced who won in the, in the Queensland division. That could be us. Could be us. <laughs> could be us. Yeah. Yeah, if you ignore logic. Yes. Look of nature. Maybe we could have won the Queensland. Maybe. The Queensland. The Queensland. Um, so what, apart from being devastated by not winning Powerball, have you done anything else in the past few days? Oh, other things. But I think that leaks out as like the anecdotal thing worth bringing up. And just the, the thing that's been like weighing on my mind a bit. Because it was the thing too. It's like, you get excited. You start believing it. You start spending yep. this imaginary money. And then you don't win it. And then it's like... Oh, why am I legitimately disappointed? Yeah. Why am I sad about this? Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's just, you know, you believe a little too hard. <laughs> You've got to not have hope. You, that's the lesson. That's I the think. lesson. You've got to set the bar so low that even the smallest victory is like huge to you. Mm. I think is what you've got to do. Yeah, somehow I just, into my head just was flooded this image of like, you've been living underground for years and you like, I don't know, you found this like a little tunnel up and you're like, oh my God, is that sunlight? Am I about to break the surface? And then you hit a landmine. And then you hit what you thought was the light and it was just like, I don't know, like a bug or something. It's like, oh, <laughs> nope, I'm still kilometers underground. <laughs> like, a, like a light bug? Like a firefly or something. What are they doing underground? I don't know, being metaphors. But they don't live underground. Thank you for jumping aboard this analogy canoe with me, James. It's really good to have you aboard. Why is it a canoe? I am going to kill myself in front of you. <laughs> I keep promising. <laughs> um, honk, honk. <laughs> the very late, the very late trigger warning goose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honk, honk. He's always just catching up. Um, how was my few days? Really good. Thanks, Jake. That's um, good. Fine for me. I um, my housemate Imogen has come back. She was in London. Um, well, the UK. Um, Could be to pronounce it like the locals do. Well, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like saying Ibiza. Ibiza. <laughs> I would love to go to Ibiza. Uh, but I could not because I cannot afford it. Yes. Um, so she's back now, which is really lovely because my um, other housemate, Iona, and I, uh, we're both at home. We're both quite quiet and introverted. Mm-hmm. So to have the chaotic gremlin energy that is Imogen back in the house is mm. sort of... It feels right. It feels correct. So the girlies are all back together. Uh-huh. Um, we went and got um, brekkie sandwiches at Rat Cafe in Thornbury this morning. Okay. That was a lot of like jagged words in a row. Uh, we, the girlies are back together. We went and got brekkie sandwiches from the Rat Cafe in Thornbury. Brekkie, Rat, Cafe, Thornbury. I don't like saying brekkie, but I had to, to illustrate what I was saying. I've got great news. You don't need an ADHD diagnosis. <laughs> Thank you, James. <laughs> Bang! <Girl. laughs> um, <laughs> I've recently been researching about how ADHD and trauma intersect with each other. Oh, is that, I'm in a is pretty that, good place. That, <laughs> I was going to say, is that scary for you to read? <laughs> it's validating, but <laughs> I don't feel more well. <laughs> well, I went to see the doctor recently to get a new mental health care plan, and, and she brought up, do you think you might have like some form of autism? And I said, oh, look, no, I've, I've never really... Um, it's not something that's come across my mind. Like maybe ADHD is something that I've thought about. And she was like, yeah, you don't really give me an autistic vibe. And like, oh, and then she lent in to kiss you. <laughs> she lent in to kiss. She was like, no, you definitely give me an ADHD vibe with the words she said. And I was like, okay. you're a cool doctor, but also I don't think that's how you should be talking to patients. <laughs> talking about vibes. Yeah. yeah. You don't have the dizzy. you got the dizzy. So, so that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, no. And like, what star sign are you, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> Libra. Oh no, it's not autism. <laughs> um, so, 
So, I would, yeah, my last few days have been fine, uneventful, just excited to have Imogen back, and, like, I haven't been able to see Flynn much, which has been quite sad, because mm-hmm. uh, he's busy and I'm busy, and we've just been, like, like as we said on the last episode or a few episodes ago, ships in the night. Right, not trains in the not night. Not trains in the night. No. So ships that actually completely miss each other. Yes. As opposed to trains where you pull up next to a train but and see someone. But are you passing Flynn? Uh, well, no. Uh, or you're just no. ships in different oceans. We're ships in different. Sh- yeah, we're we're ships in the night in different oceans. Okay, so you're just two ships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're just two ships. Yeah, that occasionally are at the same port. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but not lately. <laughs> not lately, and it's sometimes the night. Okay, <laughs> that was helpful. So, what would you rate your last few days, Jake? <laughs> Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it eight point five three stars because that's how much dollars I win from the power bill. Hey, oh, exciting! I'm gonna give mine, I guess, in, in that vein, uh, forty. I think it was like forty one divided by seven, because that's oh. how many people I think went in on the ticket. And oh, that, and that's how much money we won. So it's a fraction: forty point one over seven. Is oh, okay. how many stars I would give my last few days. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. We won eight dollars each, so it sounds like we came out similarly. Oh yeah, so I guess, I guess so. Oh my god, well, not even profit, just no, no. no. In fact, losses, but... losses, but less losses than we would have had. Oh god, I hate having to see that as a positive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we still lost money. <laughs> um, so you essentially just threw three dollars in the bin. I can't keep thinking about money. I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna die anyway. N- incorrect. Technology oh. is. Catching up to mortality. Yeah, but not the average wage. Not the average wage. It's not going up. How are you going to afford all the new technology? With the right technology that they'll be handing out because they want people to work. <laughs> I'll be a, a, a servant in the in the dystopic future where I'm immortal, but still very poor. <laughs> what a, but I'm there. What a bright future you imagine for yourself. Poor forever. I have no mouth, but I must scream. Um, let's... Talk about some... Theatre. Theatre? Yeah, I guess so. And also, a workshop. Absolutely. Let's mid-summarise. Let's mid-summarise! Hey, James. Yes, hello, Jake. Did you know Flemington is so beautiful? Uh, No, I guess not. I don't don't think a lot... Like, is Flemington where the race course is? Ah, yes. Yeah, but I've only ever been there for, like, the Melbourne... The Royal Melbourne Show or anything like that, you know? Oh, not for the races? Definitely not for the races. Fuck the races. Oh, that's good. Put all the horses down, I say. (laughs) (laughs) Praise Dionysus! Praise Dionysus! (laughs) (laughs) Don't put the horses down, put down the jockeys. Carry on. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, let's put that stance into concrete. Yes, Flemington's beautiful. Great. Um, If you ignore the horse torture, um, (laughs) which I'd forgotten about. Yeah, no, because I went there to see Marriage by Unspooled Theatre Collective. I think it's um, called a wedding, Jack. Uh, no, this is a play. <gasps> sorry oh, to blow your mind. Sorry, yeah, I got confused. They've really loosened the the rules as to how you can title a play now. Yeah, <laughs> anything. Just pick Less a word. democracy. Pick a word. That's literally, yeah. So marriage? Marriage, yes. Uh, yes, but yeah, went there to, I went to Flemington and just, I got there too early. So there was a lot of like, just like me walking around like these beautiful suburban streets. Mm. There's all of these like big red brick building things that are mm. like churches or like what seem like council buildings. Mm. And it's just like... I was listening to... I'm in, a, okay. I'm in a real binaural beats kind of place at the moment. What does that mean? It's that type of music that I forget how it's defined, but I remember researching it months ago and wanting to get around to listening to it. It's something to do with the way that the sound interacts with, like, it's the sonic relationship between the type of sound that it is and the way that your mind hears music. 
and it is it's either into I forget what it ended up being but it was either like a way it's almost like a way to sort of like stimulate yourself in a way that's helpful for like an overactive mind oh. or it helps you like relieve stress or something okay I also don't know how much of this is psychosomatic I just oh. <laughs> is, is, is it music or is it like noises it's the sort of thing where it's like the music is sort of this but then also it's kind of like a boom 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 could you, could you play us a little bit? Could you um, insert a little bit here for us all to experience? I'll insert some yeah. right here and you, <laughs> write in and let us know if it has a positive effect on your mind. <laughs> hope you enjoyed that sweet listener I hope it didn't I don't know I didn't misjudge it and all your heads have exploded <laughs> um, but I've also just checked and it's like um, in terms of like the research they've done says that because of like the hurts that the music is mm. it creates the same brainwave patterns that you experience when you're meditating Okay, sure. Is okay. the idea That's a, It's it. a pleasant idea. It sounds great. It sort of sounds like something you would hear in the background of like a Blade Runner style movie. Sure. Yeah, I sure. like that. I like you that say so. Yeah, I do say it's that. Something, it's, and it certainly helped me in like the, the brief time that I was like, yeah, have you been experimenting with it lately? It's really mm. helped. And again, I don't know if it's all just a made up thing. But well, it, once again, if, if you believe it mm. and, and it works for you, then it is a real thing yeah. to you. But yeah, I was just walking dreamily around Flemington and it was oh. just heaven. But anyway, yeah, eventually I got to. So the play itself is at a house. Oh my god, yes! Just a goddamn house. Love it. Which is like such, like, certainly like, I don't know, I don't know, it's just such a fantasy way to like make and view a play for me. Absolutely. I just think there's so much overlappy stuff of like it feeling very like grungy and thrown together and very much just like, as I so often like, I don't know, talk too much about the idea of like building a little community that wants to tell a story and there's just something so beautiful about like putting in a domestic space, like like a true domestic space and being like, come into this home with us and we will share this story with you. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you seen a show in a house before? I think you have. Yeah, yeah, a few times. Yeah, the one that springs to mind is Periscope Productions did a play that I've forgotten the name of, but it was in an Airbnb, like literally just like around the corner from my place. And it was just this beautiful Airbnb that they hired out for a couple of nights oh, and lovely. just, yeah, staged this thing. So it was just like 30 of us sitting around in like the, just the furniture that happened to organically be in the, the place we were in. Wow. And these performers would just do this play around us. I think it was like, an, like a forgotten Brecht or something. Or it was honestly, it was probably Chekhov. But yeah, it was just wow. and it sort of happened around us. That's yeah. so lovely. And there was this guy eating all this spaghetti in the kitchen. Yeah, it was good. Fully Check. recommend. That was just you, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> there was some crazy guy that like brought all this pasta from home. <laughs> yeah, just kept it in his pockets. Yeah, but he was pretty cool though. He like, said he lived uh, close by. <laughs> he kept going back for more pasta. Yeah, if anything, I respect him. <laughs> Um, so marriage <laughs> so marriage yes <laughs> so I went there I went up to like the front of this house where I was told to go there was a little piece of paper stuck to the front gate and it was like the entrance is around the corner so I followed the signs <laughs> instructions because the paper is in charge of me yes. and yeah went around the corner then there was like a little table set up a wonderful person sitting behind it and was just like you here for the show and I was like yes <laughs> great start thank you loving this already. I'm a born storyteller and then yeah then walk into like the little and I'll, by the time you hear this, I will have put up a picture of like what the viewing situation was like mm. for this show onto our Instagram. Um, but it was real. It was like this real fantasy, like to be like I don't know, to be like twenty two and live in this house. It was really just like this quite like 
old looking facade in the front of this house but from what we could tell by looking at it from the backyard where we were almost just kind of like a very contemporary like neat little modern box house mm. it was just kind of like a long sort of like rectangular prism and there's just kind of like an open plan kitchen in there and a little oh. couch oh, and, it was just like, and it was perfect because like the, it was a perfect house for entertaining because <laughs> you've got these big doors at the back if the, you just sort of like plonk open yep. and then we as the audience were sitting in the backyard was just like flat sort of like concrete mm-hmm. and you can just look in and pretty much see the entire like living space and oh, kitchen oh that's that's ideal yeah so it's almost like you've almost built like a fake proscenium with the back doors wow and you're just looking into this this space that's really special yeah oh my god great super nice so even just like that as a setting was just like not not it was a type of magic I wasn't expecting to see during midsummer or yeah. you know I don't know it was just, yeah it, ever like that's just not something you expect when you go to see a show no because it's too sweet and it's too close to a thing that I just always desperately so want to witness but mm. it's like you don't expect to see it again and when it happens Oh, it's just so nice. Um, sitting there with the people beside me that I do not know, um, in front of me is... I have, like, accidentally booked in to go to, like, the relaxed captioned performance. Mm. <laughs> um, and the way they did the captions, it was like, so I, I walk in and sit down, and, like, on my right, it's Matilda, Mac- Matilda McClintock is sitting behind this big, like, LCD screen, mm-hmm. like, TV screen, plonked in the backyard, and that's where all the captions are going to be. Right, lovely. So if you need subtitles... They're right there. Oh my god, that's great. Really innovative. And the thing that they could have just not done. I mean, very easily, yeah. Yeah, super tricky. Like, extra hassle to actually do that, especially outdoors. Yeah, yeah. To actually go into frames like very so much about this show was so impressive. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. And Matilda is the access officer as well as the stage manager. So, I'm, oh, I'm, great. I assume she did a lot of that heavy lifting. So, that's impressive in the mm. first place. Um, but yeah. So that, and also while we're waiting for the show to start, a few of the uh, like a few of the actors are already in the space because the premise of the show is that they're at a like this they at like just before a bachelorette party is about to start. And the whole premise of like the entire show is waiting for the bride to turn up. Oh sure, and so okay. that's that's the premise, that's the setup, and that's kind of what the whole thing is in terms of like narrative structure. It's yep. just waiting. Yep. Um, waiting for Brido. Yes. <laughs> Look at you making little Beckett references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, waiting around and what and us as the audience until the play like starts starts. We're just watching a couple of the actors just be in the space. You know, already performing their waiting. <laughs> so a preset, dare I say. It's a goddamn preset. It's a goddamn preset in a house. Which is a magic we still have to acknowledge, even though there was already so much magic going on. Wow, Jack. Yeah, what it was goddamn theatrical you. Hogwarts. A reference I'm embarrassed about. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, here we are. Here we are, embarrassing oh. ourselves. <laughs> Praise Dionysus. Praise <laughs> Um, writer-directors Laura Charlton and also Sabino Donato were the writer-directors. Yep. As part of the introduction, like, the Welcome to Country acknowledgement and all of those sorts of things um, was also the fact that they described the show as being somewhat devised, like it was quite a devised process based on what they said oh. about the show, um, which was evident in the way that the show sort of functioned beyond that. Um, so just a thing to flag. But yeah, so then the show begins and it's just like a bunch of friends with like, d- like you know, different histories kind of connected by, you know, we've all been to these like, uh, I've certainly been to, I don't want to talk about it, I've been to. No, like, no, no, I've, oh. like, yeah, I, like, I've been to, like when I think about these types of events, I've certainly been to, What's it called? A Bucks Night Before? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't talk about it. Yes. <laughs> Not here. Nope. <laughs> Too, Too many bodies. <laughs> I'm not going to jail for that. <laughs> not for this podcast. Um, Raise him. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That night. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no. So, then it starts. And, you know, as is how, you know, naturalistic theatre works. <laughs> time begins to pass. People begin to talk. And we start to realise that there's, like... 
people that used to be in relationships together, people who are like related tenuously. Like it's sort of like one of those things where it's like people that shouldn't necessarily be in the same room are brought to the same room by their connection to someone who is the princess of the month. <laughs> oh God, yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, the so, tangled webs we weave around those we love. Oh. Oh, oh my goodness. You like that? Real good. I went to high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if, if you want to whack that as one of those like vaguely pretentious like little subtitle captions in a chapter of your memoir, you can. You can. Oh God, take it. Yeah. That's for you. Um, on the wall, there's like little, you know, those suspended banners that are sort of like letters on strings. Yes. It like, says happy birthday. Or exactly. Something. That's a good example of words. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. But this one said, let's go lesbians. Oh, which is a funny reference to running on the street, man. What? Let's go, lesbians. Oh. That's what that is. That's Billy on the street. Billy on the street running around with like a bunch of lesbians. Oh, I didn't. Oh, sure. And I'm... also, let's go lesbians because hens night. Because it's a hens night and they're it's lesbians. Like a, it's a lesbian marriage. Yes, you've pieced a lot together. Yes. Thank you, and you're incorporated some Billy Eichner that I didn't see coming. There you go. I think that's such a, but that's also such a classic like lesbian. I just, lesbians being proud of running around fast. I just, queer people in general being proud of running fast. Is that a thing that we do? I mean, the gay pace of walking. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah. But do lesbians also have an equivalent? Uh... Yeah, I guess a group of butch lesbians running around following Billy Eichner. But do they, outside of chasing a gay celebrity, what do they... Do they run often? Uh, I don't know if they run often, but they all have, like, greyhounds. We're in the same acronym, and we don't know anything about... (laughs) Well, we could not be more distant, and yet we could not be more together. Isn't that the beautiful thing about this wonderful rainbow family we all belong to? Where is Midsummer? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so lesbians love to run, question mark. Yeah, pencil that in. We'll ask the dykes on bikes tomorrow at the Pride March. Okay, great. Oh, yeah, you're marching tomorrow. I'm marching tomorrow. Let's not get into it right now. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, one of the things that was exciting about this work, constructed by these, like, young performers, because, yeah, because, like, the, the vibrant youthfulness of them all, and this makes me sound like a, <laughs> like a, like a sad old man, but... <laughs> the, makes the vi- you sound like? <laughs> but, like, the, the vibrant youthfulness of the work was, like, really present in their performance, and mm. they're, like... But, like, I don't know, but I guess... When you see a bunch of, like, young people make, like, a weird piece of art like this, you're worried that, like, maybe this is incorrect of me, but, like, I guess there's this, like, stodgy, hypercritical shit part of my mind that I think is almost like a characterization of someone else's opinions, where it's like, oh, what do these young people have to say? Oh, you got it. Yeah, I do that. No, I get it. You right? Stand and it's like, it it's out. not your opinion. No. But you can hear someone else being like, huh? Yeah, I think for me personally, that experience is, for me, it's hugely tainted with jealousy. For me. Because you wish you'd been that young. I wish I'd been doing more theatre and like actively pursuing more theatre and art when I was there, like younger, like the age of whatever I'm watching. So a part of me goes, oh, what the fuck do they know? They're young. <laughs> you got to beat it out of you. Yeah. Because if they're not making art, who's making art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no. Yeah, no, but I fully know what you mean. Completely. Yeah. yeah. And I was glad that like that part of my mind was very one that I felt no connection to and felt like very much like it was like... This, I don't know, zombie that I'd caught kept in a cage somewhere. It was like, shut up, I'm trying to have fun at this weird show. <laughs> it's a nasty feeling, isn't it? It's like, it's sort of the voice that you've heard levied at you in the past that is now suddenly taking up residence in your own head. Completely, yeah. yeah it's like, you know what, if you don't like what I'm going to say, go home. Go home, and that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But this was for me, partly because, again, all the things that already, like, before the show had even begun, pointed towards this group of performers and artists being excited to tell this story and mm. to work together. It's like, what? I know I'm jumping around, but, like, one of the most sort of, like, exciting and thrilling and engaging parts of the show was how much they all like cooperated with each other like there was so much like the whole thing was like it was all real time it was all just like us almost as these ghosts in this chaotic house with them Mm. watching this whole thing unfold and it was like it was up to them to maintain the believability and function and 
dynamism of this real life scenario that we were just sitting there watching. Yeah, and you also know? what a weird, weird space to have to act in as well. Just a regular ass house. Totally. Like to keep up with that is quite special and charming. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. To, mm. to, to behave realistically in a, in a legitimately real place and real space. Because you're under the microscope there. It's not like... Because I feel like if you're acting, like, real on stage, mm. it's like there's elements of it that everyone knows aren't real. But if you're in a real house, it's like, Mama, that's a real sink. Like, that's a real table. That's a real door. Like, mm. you can't act around them. You just need to use them. Sure. And I've certainly seen it be the case where it's like it almost kind of, like, increases the amount to which you can spot inauthenticity. Yeah. Because it, it's, like, it, it alongside truth. Mm. It's so much easier to spot it because you're like, here my character goes opening the door or mm. something like, like that. Yeah. So that's great to hear. Yeah. Which was, yeah, which was a, a shortcoming that was entirely absent. You know, yeah. it was all, and partly too, like it was also like the, the, like the disbelief was kind of suspended partly by just the charmingness of all of them. Yeah. You know, it was like, I was so happy to like get to share the space with like, in like, in a real world way with these artists making this weird show. Like I was so grateful to get to be in a space that they had opened up to us that we could go and like, just witness this thing that they'd made. Mm. That, in the first place, was marvellous. Yeah. And then on top of that, too, to get to see them be so talented mm. was just like, this is so nice! And it's like, and that's even just like their craft in terms of like, they all had such like excellent like theatre voices, which mm. I know sounds very simple and like lame to bring up as one of the first things on the list, but it's like, I loved listening to all of their voices and their presences were so strange. Yeah. Um, it just felt good. And and to get back to the, the fear of like young people having nothing interesting to say, it was like they absolutely have a bunch of stuff to say. Totally. It was like, I was like, I, I, it was just nice to hear them even like they had this very like stimulating and realistic conversation about the idea of like, about the idea that I've heard a lot more recently. This thought of like, and it's a thing that we've talked about, I feel like months ago on this podcast, we mm. talked about the thing of like, the, the thing about gayness. And, like, let's use, like, gayness specifically. But as, as they were sort of speaking about it in the show, part of what was, like... I think the word they used was, like, hot. Like, the thing that makes gayness hot is the fact that it's forbidden. And the more and mm. more that we try to make it, like, straightness, and the more that we try to, like, by doing things like getting married to each other, mm. it's like, you're ruining what's hot about gayness. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that you're right. is yeah. such a mature, interesting, historically rooted mm. perspective on the gay experience that it was exciting to see these young people grappling with. Yeah. In like a God. in like a scripted natural like they've made a play and part of what they want to devote part of that time to is having that conversation. Yeah, that's it's amazing. Like, that's great. It's like they're not just making some show about how much they love being on TikTok, you know? <laughs> like, okay, Grandpa. Yeah. No, but like, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. But, they, I know what you but mean. there were TikTok references. But it's like it's like it was like such a reassurance that like sure these people can be in their like late teens, early twenties, and not just want to be talking about how much they love crop tops. Yes. You know? Yeah. This, wow. Yeah. We have spoken about. I think we spoke about that literally the last episode. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, it comes up now and then. Yeah, it was just something. And I think that, I don't know, engaging with that, I just found to be like exciting. I thought it was like a cool conversation to see such young people trying to have. Absolutely. It was, was cool. Yeah, especially in Flemington. Why especially Flemington? Just thought it was a funny thing to say. Oh, <laughs> I'm mainly here for humor. <laughs> they still race, race horses they out still there. still out there, <laughs> That's really lovely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to, to briefly mention some of this cast that I just thought were like collectively just like really terrific and all of them like such a like, like diverse collection of people in terms of so many of their qualities. Um, but again, it was just like such a testament to them. Um, like as we talked about when we were discussing Angelo Snell's piece, um, that the, the all women odd couple, like yep. it was, it's another one of the times where it's like the 
collective effort and the teamwork and the trust present with everyone was just so such a feature. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and but on top of that, I just want to mention like Bella Crawford, they were just like yeah, played Kyra mm-hmm. and was just a really um yeah, it's just kind of like a chaotic presence that's happy to just sort of sit there and watch everything explode. Like she yeah. has enough compassion to be likable. But yeah, just a character presence that I enjoy and enjoyed. Um two, it's just uh, a shining star for me <laughs> was Ellie Bianoff Gillies or Giles. I don't know how to pronounce her surname. Yep. Um but there's a hyphen in it. Oy. Which is always fun. <laughs> um yeah, just this ah, oh, just this like this, this sweet angel like angel of a person who I was just like very transfixed by the entire time and her like physical presence in the space was one that was like very I don't know, stood out as being quite it was it was again a very eclectic collection. Um but in terms of the person that my eyes were drawn to most often just to see what they were up to, uh yeah, she'd be the one that where my eyes would sit. There was oh. just something very like I don't know. Every I don't know. Somehow the space felt very autumnal, and she was just like this, like winter, and it was like I was just. Oh, what a phrase, Jake! <laughs> oh, no, I love that. I love Thank that. you, James. <laughs> um, I just want to also point out Elvis Tran, who is kind of like the only straight man in the in the, the straight male character in the show. And something that I just enjoyed and appreciated about, like, the doofiness of his presence and his performance was his version of a straight man and also um, was kind of this, like, surrogate audience member for a lot of it because he was, like, somewhat excluded from this, yep. like, largely, like, largely lesbianic conversation and drama happening around him. <laughs> so a lot of what he was set to do was kind of, like, sit on the couch and gawk at things. <laughs> and he just had a very sweet face. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's really lovely. Yeah, yeah, I just enjoy, yeah, I just enjoy, like, You're a like a more. goofy straight character. I do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Just, God, yeah. God help you, you do. That's the thing. Just plonk a Furby in there and I'll just, I'll have a go. Oh, God. Why are you making that face? Furbies. Scary. Furbies. Scary. You're scared of Furbies? Everybody's scared of Furbies. Okay. <laughs> Everybody! Wake up! Shut up! <laughs> um, that's lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, yeah. Again, not to dwell on their youth, but it was like, it was just like, some part of what the vibrancy was was just like, yeah, the the youth of it all. Yeah, and it's so exciting when you see artists made by, uh, art made by young artists that you can just reject that voice and go, no, it's good. It's oh, it's... The, oh, the voice that distrusts the yes. young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So it yeah. gives you the, the, the fuel you need to fire against that. Sure, sure. And I don't know, and also to see people like that young, like there is certainly a generational divide. Like we aren't old people, but there's like watching them perform and watching oh. what they had to say was like, there's a generational divide, but it's like, it's fun to think that like even me looking at them as of course, like fellow artists, it's like, I, I left excited by even just like the imaginary prospect of getting to work with them mm. you know oh, that's great and it's so nice to I don't know to feel that across those sorts of boundaries yeah you that's know? exactly reaching across the aisle across the pushing th- each other away you know I um, do but yeah but that's that that's all my lameness out of my mouth um yeah I re- <laughs> go to Flemington everybody a wedding in Flemington <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I went to the theatre. I went to a, an actual theatre. What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to a house. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. What's that like, mister? They got air conditioning. <laughs> no, I, I went to the, um, uh, uh, the uh, art centre. Jesus. I went to the art centre. went to the Fairfax studio in the art centre mm-hmm. uh, with my friend and your friend and friend of the pod, Georgie Potter. I'm Georgie Potter. Georgie Potter. <laughs> who has now kissed Robbie Williams twice. What? Oh, did you recently do it again? Recently happened. Well, I say recently. It was probably late last year. Mm-hmm. Had another smooch with him. That's God. just a fun fact that I needed to share with so you immediately. So they're dating. I mean, they're they're getting married. Marriage, marriage is on the cards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to tie back into 
Well tied. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, went up with Georgie. We had sushi. It was yum. And then we walked down to the art centre and went and saw Overflow. Okay. So, Overflow is written by Travis Alabanza, mm-hmm. uh, who also wrote Burgers. Which yes, with a Z. Burgers with a Z, mm-hmm. uh, which Kiki Temple was in at Theatre Works last year. Yes, with the car and the pie. With the car. I don't think, yeah, at the time I didn't want to talk about the opening of that show, so I'll just say it now because I didn't want to spoil the surprise. But that show started with Kiki driving a car through a door. And the door just falling down and the car being driven onto stage, which was just an incredible opening that mm. I just wanted to now say here and now. And it wasn't a pie, it was a burger. It was a burger shake. <laughs> yeah, from the title. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? I, the more time passes, every show gradually melts into sweetie Todd. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. God. Uh, no, can't get sidetracked by sweetie Todd. Um, so this show, mm. uh, it's once again, it's a called Overflow. Called Overflow. Yes. Yes, which I did already say. I know, but just try, it, it's for my mind to get burgers out of Oh, to get burgers and pies out of your <laughs> That's the thing. I'm hungry. He's hungry, hungry, hungry. Um, that's your version of the song Horny. I'm hungry. <laughs> hungry, hungry. hungry. Duh, duh, duh. No, I feel like I'm in the Naked Magicians again. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to service pies. They're doing a show at the Comedy Festival, Jake. The Naked Magicians? They are indeed. I thought they retired. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of like Naughty Magic or something. Are you thinking of the Adults Only Magic Show? I'm thinking of the Adults Only Magic Show. I've also been to that already. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) If you're naked and can do magic, Jake's in the audience. Jake's Jake's in the audience. (laughs) So we sat down in the Fairfax. Yes. Like like front, almost front and centre, like really gorgeous seats. And the set is just like this bathroom. Mm -hmm. It looks like someone has just like taken a giant cake server Mm -hmm. and sliced a bathroom, like a corner of a bathroom out and just dropped it on stage. Like you're watching Marriage. Uh, well... In a way. It's no. A, well, it's a naturalistic set. It's a naturalistic set, but whereas it's not a full house, remember the cake server metaphor? Yes. So someone has sliced out the corner of a bathroom mm-hmm. and dropped it onto the stage. But if you replace bathroom with house in Flemington... Jake, we both have shows to see after this. We don't have time for this banter. So... <laughs> yeah, and it was like a really well-made bathroom. So straight away... Um, <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Plumber. No, really. You... So, no, no, really. So, Danny. So, no. Oh, in terms of like believability. Yeah. So, Dino. Sorry, Dino Dimitriadis. Yeah. Um, who both directed and designed the set. Ooh. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of synergy between how the set works and yeah. the show works. I love set I synergy. Love set synergy. Um. It was. It looked. It was like the fixtures were all like. Like perfect, like proper. Like I can't get across to you how real this bathroom looked and functioned. You'll have to try because my father is a plumber. You better use the right techno technical words. Your toilet has been broken for the past three years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no comment. Um, okay. Well, all I need to say is imagine yeah. a giant cake server. Okay. <laughs> Someone has taken a cake cutting of a giant bathroom and plunked it into the set. Okay. Just looks like a regular bathroom. It's great. Uh, so it's got like two toilets. A big trough-style sink, mm. um, like one of those sharp spins, a little sanitary bin, uh, like tiles and and a mirror. And do you know a bathroom? Vaguely. I'm describing a bathroom. <laughs> um, it just looks like a regular bathroom. So, uh, like a like a like a not like a house bathroom. No, like a, like a very much like a like a public bathroom, right. like a public space, like you know a bathroom you would go into a park. Oh, like that public. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a concrete block in a park. Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, Dino comes out before the show starts, mm. um, after the Welcome to Country, and does their own Welcome to Country as well. On top of that, to also pay respects to um, what they call the Transestors, which I thought was just a really lovely mm-hmm. um, thing to do. Um, and Dino seems like really lovely and well-spoken, so they had a lot of beautiful things to say before the show. Yep. Um, they plonk her down, the show begins. Mm. And out comes uh, Janet Anderson, who is playing Rosie, who is the only character in the show. And the premise of the show um, 
And I once again did not look into the show much at all before going in. Mm-hmm. And the premise of the whole show is Rosie is trapped in a public bathroom and there are people outside, presumably straight men, uh, banging on the door trying to get in, presumably to beat her up or like attack her. And so the whole show is Rosie was told by her friend, a uh, cis woman, to, if she was ever caught in a bathroom like this because it's happened before, to deliver a monologue. And then by the time the monologue is done, if they're still rapping on the door, to call her friend to get her to come and help her out. Mm-hmm. So the show we watch is is Rosie giving a monologue. And it ends up being a monologue about bathroom spaces uh, and the, the sacred nature that um, bathroom spaces have held towards not just queer people, but trans feminine people specifically. Uh, and yeah, I think this is one of the best shows set in a bathroom I've seen. Okay, and there is a number of them. There's a number of them. Yes. Yeah, but this was, whereas, and those shows have all been great, but whereas those shows were just set in a bathroom, mm-hmm. this show was set in the bathroom and really made something out of that space in terms of it being more than just a bathroom. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, go on. So Rosie, go, yeah, so we listened to Rosie. First of all, Janet is just one of the most charming and, like, engaging performers. Just every... They're they're from... um, The character's from the UK. So the whole thing, UK accent. I'm not sure if Janet's actually British or not, but if if she's not, A-plus on the accent work. Because it's bloody great. And we're pretty good at judging accents! Yeah, we are! (laughs) (laughs) My housemate just got back. I can do that. Um, So, uh, yeah, so... um, yeah, so as the show goes on, Rosie speaks more about various, um, you know, uh, some experiences that she's had as a trans woman in the bathroom. Uh, things like, you know, the first time that she was invited to come into the the female bathroom uh, and she felt so, like, welcomed by the girls in there and there none of them... She still remembers the words that one of them said to her, like, she doesn't care about what's on your passport or what's between your legs, it's about your spirit. And, like, that how that was an immediately affirming situation for her. She speaks about the various times that girls have had to band together in the bathroom to sort of hide from awful men, how they've sort of immediately turned into, like almost like a military-run operation because they all just know how to snap into gear to defend each other and how horrible it is that they have to do that but how necessary it is. Mm. Um, And as this sort of goes on, I felt really, really uh, uh, lucky that they were so earnest in this show and speaking and it felt like a real slice of a life that I have been privileged enough not to have to experience. Mm -hmm. And one of those shows that speaks about the trans experience as a specifically queer trans experience, not just as, you know, Rosie speaks about how difficult it is for her to sort of navigate the world as a trans woman in a trans body and how that has affected her life as opposed to a cisgendered woman and the struggles that they would go through. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll jump around a little bit. Um, one of the, uh, first of all, one of the most visually striking things about the show as it went on, um, Rosie sort of uh, is stuck in the bathroom and sort of like trying to make up the most of, make the most of the time she has in there. So she um, starts flooding it mm-hmm. as the show goes on. So, you know, she plugs up the sink and turns it on. And the sink is one of those huge, as I said, it's like a huge trough sink. And it slowly fills up as the show goes on until it starts overflowing. Mm-hmm. Hence the name Overflow. Uh-huh. Uh, well, probably... <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. Because <laughs> of the overflowing sink. That's probably why it's named that. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that... Do you think there's any symbolism? No, no, no. I think it's just bad plumbing. <laughs> so it starts overflowing. There's a drip from the ceiling. The toilets start overflowing. And as the show goes on, Rosie is sort of just eventually wet and bedraggled and covered in this bathwater um, as she sort of speaks about all these horrible experiences, about these wonderful experiences that she's had in various bathrooms, mm. about the friends she's met in bathrooms, 
And then goes on to talk about, like, the insane tightrope that trans people have to walk to sort of feel welcome in either space, whether it's the men's bathroom or the woman's bathroom. And one of the lines that really struck me as, a, like, a little acorn in this show, of, which was full of really succinct moments that just so clearly put down onto pen and paper for you, this is what this experience is. And one of them was the recent sort of turn of, you know, everyone, especially just in the, mainly US, um, there's all this policing of what's going on in the bathroom, you know, like, you have no to... hats. No. <laughs> of a sort. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've got a dick, you got to go in here. Like that sort of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the lines she said was, I sort of, I felt this change recently. I felt like where there used to be more hugs, now there's more eyes. And just like the, imagining a space that was so like embracing, like she, she speaks specifically about club bathrooms because she does a lot of raving. Um, but imagining the space that you sort of had which was one of the only safe spaces you could go to suddenly turning slowly sinister and hostile and how women she used to meet in the bathroom that would sort of not care about her voice and not care about how she looked. And if she ran into them now, would they still be the same? And that sort of sinister thought of like, as the world's shifting, Mm. what's to stop anyone that you trusted from starting to think the same way? Mm. Um, Yes, that was just a really succinct little wonderful moment of of, of the piece that I thought really carried some weight. Um, One of the... One of the thoughts that um, came to me after came to me after the show because Flynn told me the thought. Um, <laughs> so one of Flynn's thoughts. One of Flynn. Well, one of Flynn's friends' thoughts. I'll get into it. Okay. Um, is well, Janet is first of all strikingly beautiful, just mm-hmm. so gorgeous. She's tall. She's got legs that go on forever. She's so her arms are so long. Um, the costume that she's wearing, um, uh, costume by Jamaica Moana, mm. um, this beautiful like cl- like clubby sort of ravey crop top and skirt and like ripped fish, like just looked looked so beautiful. Um, it all made me think like as I was watching the show, how beautiful she was, not just because of the way she carried herself, but also like her f- physical features that are like specifically trans, like the 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 long legs, the long arms, the the her beautiful voice that is that sort of slightly more um, nasal voice. It's like all these features that so many people latch onto as sort of being different and, and other than... Uh, they are different, but they're also... I just kept thinking how beautiful they were and how mm. wonderful it was to watch her sort of be able to use these... Her, <laughs> she um, There's this one scene where she sort of breaks into a dance um, to sort of, you know, to express herself. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard? You understand art I in a way art. that I've never really heard. <laughs> Um, uh, Fetu Taki is the movement director for this show so mm-hmm. shout out to Fetu for the, the movement because like, <laughs> it's dancing that I could never want to do and Janet with these beautiful long limbs doing these dances was just something really special to watch mm. um, and so it got me thinking first of all about how beautiful that to, to, to be given the gift of watching just an authentic trans person playing an authentic trans character in a really authentic, unfortunately authentic trans situation mm-hmm. of, you know, being attacked by cisgendered people. Yes. <laughs> um, was, it made me think, Flynn brought up later that someone had said to him who saw the show, so Janet's beautiful, imagine what it must be like for for trans people who aren't stunningly beautiful. Mm. Like who are more, I don't know, who, who are visibly unable to pass, who are visibly more different and, and don't the trans people or queer people that don't fit into the binary at all and Yeah. And that aren't closer to the beauty standard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 
Um, I hadn't even thought about that during the show, and it just made me think, oh, God. <laughs> this world, Jake! <laughs> this world we yeah. live in! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I just, that was something that just sort of made the floor drop out from under me for a brief second. Um, <laughs> Remembering that there are unattractive people. <laughs> no, Jake. Just how hard it is for some people to go through life, and how lucky and privileged I am to not have to even think about that. About what? About looking distinctly different from how the world expects me to look. Sure. You know, like I am a fairly conventionally looking, conventionally handsome man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I said it. Like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm a white man. I can just go through life and not have to worry about too much. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I think I always appreciate shows that are so good at succinctly saying these things. <laughs> so one of the um, parts of the show that, that kept occurring throughout the show. Um, the sound design, by the way, was by Danny Esposito. Mm -hmm. um, and the show starts... I always find it impressive when people, expect, like a sound designer, is able to nail that feeling of distant club music. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it really felt like there was distant club music. Because wasn't that the thing you also brought up the last time? Was it the last time there was, like, a, like a club bathroom It was. Show? It, was uh, it was a do dog's, dog's dog house? house? Yes, because it looked dog like house. it might have been pronounced diffuse. <laughs> yeah. uh, dog house, it was, at yeah. um, Motley Bauhaus. Mm. Um, I always find it impressive when you're able to nail that like feeling of a distant room with the sound. So, um, so shout out. But, <laughs> but throughout the show, you'd, um, Danny, this, this sound cue kept coming in. You'd be watching Rosie sort of get into whatever monologue she was telling. Like She'd be sort of starting to feel comfortable and coming into her own and talking about like this experience she had. And then all of a sudden there would come this really loud and jarring, jangling, rattling at the door. And it kept happening throughout the show. And every time it happened, you would watch Rosie go from this like proud and loud, gorgeous beast into this immediately scared... You could just see Trent... Like, straight away into this scared child. Mm. And it just was so heartbreaking every time because she really nailed that sort of the immediate fight or flight but not being able to fly. Mm. Um, and like genuinely being trapped and just the, the reality of being trapped in a bathroom. And as it went on, the show just got more and more stressful because they kept rattling at the door and it kept getting louder. Um, yeah, and I just, I just... I love it when a show is able to instill a real feeling of dread mm. in me. I think that's always very impressive and because you sort of grew to love this character and it just kept not letting up and you just kept thinking, I just don't think it's going to end well for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that almost sounds like a horror trope. That almost, and as mm. we've talked about before, like horror is such a difficult thing to accomplish on stage. Totally. Yeah. And it, you're, you're right. It, it instilled this real feeling of horror in me of... Because you'd, you'd forget about them for a second. You'd mm. be swept up in one of um, one of Rosie's beautiful stories or one of Rosie's heartbreaking stories. Mm. And for a second, you'd forget that there's anything else outside the world of this bathroom. And then suddenly you're reminded, oh, she's trapped by people that want to hurt her. Mm. Which is a beautiful, like, symbolic representation of the thing of, like, I don't know, forgetting that you... Mm. Like, thinking for a second you're safe. Just in life. When you're yeah. any sort of, like, group that is marginalised or is... Like, yeah. as, I don't know, many people live with that, you know, that, that fear that's ready to go the moment that they sense a threat because of absolutely. who they are. And it's, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's... It, 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 you're right. It also sort of, to me, felt a bit like when you sort of... And as we sometimes do, step outside your bubble mm. and you remember, oh... It is a bubble. Hmm. There, there are a large amount of people out there who do not... Like, you and I, like, even, like, being, you know, conventionally attractive Ooh, people. Oh, sure. Do you <laughs> not, I'm spreading it to you as no, well, No, do Jake. not you comp are. me you into are. a confident bubble. Uh, <laughs> anywho, so, like, even us, like, people hate us for the way that we are. Like, yes. people, like, out there. And so, yeah, so that to me just sort of... I thought that was a really beautiful representation of that horrible feeling of realisation mm. that I imagine... 
trans people experience much more frequently than I do. Yeah, yeah. And not yeah. to harp on about the, sort of the same thing, but yeah, it even like is an echo of that thing we talked about when even just discussing us going to the Midsummer Carnival mm. the other day. It was like yes. getting to feel like that. Is yes, every this, day. Right? To use yeah. this play as an, like, I, I don't know, a version of that. It's like, mm. yeah, that carnival is the bathroom. <laughs> and yeah. the rest of the world sometimes feels like it's is banging on the door. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I felt really, sp- and I think, um, because I really enjoyed Berg, I've just thought, Travis Alabanza's writing of this show, like the, the model, because it, and, and, uh, Janet's delivery of this just one long monologue I thought was just so wonderful. Um, and yeah, to see this done at the Art Centre mm. with a, a creative team that was largely non-binary, trans, queer cool. is yeah really exciting. And to see it done to this, like, and I know that you sometimes, you, you disagree, don't, don't disagree, but you don't appreciate polish as much as I do. I just don't need polish. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to see something done to this scale and to this, like, degree um, on, like, one of Melbourne's, like, I guess, premier theatrical spaces. Yeah. Um, is really exciting. Mm. Um, and I think in the past year, we've seen more and more shows being done in spaces like that by people who traditionally have not been able to access that space. Yeah. So yeah, so well done, Midsummer. Uh, well done, Dino. Well done, Janet. Well done, the whole team. And well done, the Arts Centre. Well done, the Arts Centre. Mm. Brave of them. Because it does, like, the things that they do and put in their spaces mm. is significant. It, it says is. a significant thing about the work and the voices that are on those stages. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I said it as a joke, but you're right. Not sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah, I take it back. For that thing, it's like people see a thing that is given the chance to be that polished. Mm. Yeah. And it means that, I don't know, that these, like, gatekeeper institutions and these gatekeeper venues almost, they, there is something that comes with that, like, seal of approval. Of yes. Like, yes, we're gonna polish up this thing, mm. you know, and we think it's deserving of the title of having stood on this acclaimed stage, and people yep. consider that rightly or wrongly to mean for that to say something absolutely about what you're watching. Yeah, and the more and more it happens, the more and more it will happen. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. So I felt really lucky to see this show. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah. Hey, James. Oh, Jake, I'd love to talk, but I'm all tied up. <laughs> God, you're good. Um, you're bad, but you're good. Oh, I try, I try. <laughs> Go on. Um, so yeah, so this is the mid-summary. So everything that we're experiencing isn't necessarily theatre, mm. because it's a whole festival full of so many like diverse pieces of art things. Yeah, we've seen visual art, we've seen theatre... <laughs> and so on there's yes. other stuff yes yes and of course we we're trying our best to experience all that this festival has to offer yes and one of those things happened to be like a rope bondage workshop god yes god yes I mean as you mentioned earlier on it was a thing that you were sort of naturally drawn to yeah um, and when we sort of like had a very brief conversation about whether or not you wanted to go and do it mm. um, there was the whole like Flynn side of things of you not being able to make it to it but then yep. even you came around to the idea of like you suggesting that I should be the one to yep. go to it um, and the reason that you gave... Well, I think that it's something that would speak to you quite... I, 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 I can see it distinctly speaking to you. Um, because of your... What? No, no. Well, how much, are, how much are you happy with me talking about on this Sorry, podcast? James is gesturing at me as if we should cut so he can ask me a personal question. Well, I just want to, I don't want to, like, <laughs> say things that you regret. Well, sure. You don't want me to say things I'll regret. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I just think in, you know, I just, I know you well yes. as a person. Yes, yes. Um, and also it, it, it ties into, am I allowed to talk about the fact that you're studying massage? Uh, yes. Great, because that is like a part of it. Yeah. You're studying massage. Yes. Rope, like famously, like Shibari and other rope play has always been sort of like tied to like relieving tension and like bringing people closer together and the actual closeness and the relationships between two people, mm-hmm. which is all stuff that you 
fame, like write about and think about and talk about all the time. Sure. And um, yeah, I just think it's something that I can just succinctly seeing you enjoy. So I'm really curious to hear how you went at this little workshop. Sure. Great. Okay. Well, here the story goes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it happened literally this morning. So I'm still like I'm still processing everything that occurred. Yeah. Like so I still like. As we say, we're human beings. We might disagree with things we say during the podcast. Oh, that's... Is not me expecting to change my mind? Mm. It's just... They're, they're brand new thoughts and experiences. Yep. Um, partly because I've never experienced any, like, rope bondage stuff... Oh, really? ...in my life. Yeah. Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. But it's a thing that... I know we've spoken about a couple of times. Like, it's a thing that has been, like, in the shadowy recesses of, like, my subconscious or something. Of, like, is there something in this? Like, is there mm. something in, like, my experience of, like, sexuality and stuff where it's, like, something like this could be, like, lurking? Not to make it sound dark and ominous, but... Quack, like, quack. Quack, quack. But is there... Yeah, is there something ropey inside of me? I think there <laughs> absolutely is. Sure. Oh, God, yes. I I, I, you know, I can see you as a proud member of a kinky community. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but yes, so went um, with a beautiful friend of mine. I'm not going to say who it was because <laughs> the content of the workshop being like somewhat yep. sexual and stuff, it feels like I can talk more about my personal experience of it if I don't also have to worry about someone's experience with me totally. in a vaguely sexual setting. Absolutely. You a friend of yours. Friend famous. of mine. Yeah, with whom I like have a wonderful connection we have like a, a relevant, like a past relevant to this type of thing, and a mm. connection that we went in believing would be a helpful one to enter with. Yeah, you know, like with with the cloudy understanding of what this workshop was going to be. The two of us, as we said at the beginning, in the midst of and after the workshop, we were like, "There's few people we'd want to do this with," and we were really glad that it was the two of us doing it together. It was me. It was not James. <laughs> <laughs> don't like, if we went in together. So listen, if you even imagine that <laughs> for a yourself. second, <laughs> don't yourself. kill yourself. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, um, don't tell yourself. Honk, honk. Um, Luke George ran the workshop. Mm -hmm. He's had a decade worth of experience with rope stuff. (laughs) You'll notice I don't know the terms for anything. No. Um, but we got there. There was about 90 people in this workshop. It was a sold out workshop. Um, it was in in this big, beautiful studio thing at Abbotsford Convent. So it was just like this long sort of like tan color wooden room. There were like ballet mirrors on one end and a little stage on the other end. I'm like, where in the, where in the convent is it? I literally could not tell you. I do not know the shape of the land or the structures upon which the Abbotsford Convent exists or whatever. Okay, never mind. Every time I go, I feel like I turn a new corner that wasn't there and I see a new thing. There's a lot of buildings that I forget are there. Yes. There's a lot of buildings and a lot of big trees. Yes. And a giant trampoline. Is there? Yeah, it's like a really like big circular trampoline that's what? like on an angle. I don't even know if you're lying. That's... Oh, maybe it's not a trampoline, maybe it's just a big net. Which ties into... Rope times. It does! Um, yeah, but like approximately 90 people at this workshop ran into my friend Jen. Wonderful to see her. Oh. Nice to have her because I hadn't seen her in a few years. And it was this nice thing of like, oh God, what are you? Like, it was like, we're both at a, like a, like a, a rope, rope workshop. A sexy rope workshop. Wow. And yeah, nice to connect with her. She has like, a, I don't know, a more extensive history with this thing than I do, mm. which is like a fun thing to learn about her even. Oh, wow. Just so nice to see her. Anyway, let's get hung up on Jake's little life. <laughs> But yeah, I think I like this little life. What song is this? That's a sound on Instagram and TikTok. Oh. Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, God, you're here. The listeners know. Is that the from the list- musicalized version of that little life book? Sure. It is? I have no idea, Jack. I just I- know it's a sound on TikTok. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
Let's move on. I love how impatient you clearly are. I just, I don't want to have to explain myself <laughs> ever. I get so frustrated so quickly. But yeah, we get there. Um, Liking your little life. <laughs> um, we had the option of turning up in a pair, as me and my chum did, or you can come alone. Oh. Um, glad I had a person to go with. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's, what a roulette wheel to spin. Yeah, I'm interested, I'm interested to know the sort of people that would go to that alone. Not like saying it's a weird thing, no. I just, it must take a certain type of confidence. Oh, and a, like a style of courage that yeah. I think I lack, but absolutely. Yeah, same. like I do it, but I wouldn't do it on purpose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but no, I think there was like six people that did that, and they got paired up. Some, what seemed like at random, and they all seemed to be quite happy about oh, me, like you know, leering at them as they did the workshop. What if an odd number of people turned up individually? Devastation would have happened. I think if there were seven of them. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, I can't even think about it. Um. But yes. No. Then it started. We all get like given a rope each, mm. and then we're taught how to do like the initial like knot tie thing. Mm. That's like a safe way to secure a rope to a person's limb. Oh. They call it a column in oh. the in rope world. It's like any like you can use your like torso or your arm or your leg is a column, and there's a knot that you use to fasten to that column oh. of body. Okay. Um, and then you know you do whatever you want with the rest of the rope, and it's yeah, and which is yeah, we're taught different ways of like, but it was like. Sure, there was like the, the Boy Scouty, that side of thing of like the technical, mathematical part where it's like you're learning how to use this rope. But what was beautiful about the way, about the way that like Luke taught us and the things that he was saying, it was like the, the energy in the room was so like, like sensual and open and free, but still very like sensible. Um, and the way that he talked about like rope being on the body and the way that he spoke about the beauty of the human body and like mm. sharing our bodies with each other. Oh. And it was just, <laughs> was that a little share it was voice? A little share voice, yeah. inappropriate at the time. Um, I love your body, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Top it all. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, 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 like remarks, like like painting the body with the rope, oh. you know, and and even just like experiencing the sensation of the rope against you and it just being like, even like talking about what he likes about ropes and the way that they can be like so soft but also so strong. Yeah. You know, there was just like so much rope talk. It was like, oh my God, I'm into this. Like I'm absolutely buying ropes. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would be. Yeah. That's um, so, that sounds amazing. That sounds exactly like what I thought it would be and wanted it to be. Super into it. There was even, oh, there was this like beautiful exercise that wasn't even like necessarily rope related where it was like, it was towards the end. It was like the second last thing that we did. It was like a three hour workshop. Wow. And the, it, it was this I don't even know if there's a name for it, but it's like you stand opposite your partner and you like look into their eyes and you like, I don't know. And then you show them where you want to be held or touched. And you just like, you take their hands and you place them on you. And it's just, and you just sort of like wait for them. And it's like, it's the other person's kind of like almost subconscious duty to kind of like follow your physical desires and needs. And you kind of guide them. Oh. And it's this like incredible experience of like, being held the way that you're sort of directing this person to hold you and then it's, it's like this oh my god it's like high level empathic listening exercise uh, what and, you, and it's just incredible Jake that sounds first of all right up your alley oh my god that sounds like exactly this it also sounds like not to call you a prude, mm. but the sort of push you need to mm. sort of not, not <laughs> you fucking loser. No, just sort of the thing that I think really sort of gives you the power to sort of like reach in and let yourself mm. express yourself sexually the way that you would like to. Sure, that sounds yeah. amazing. Well, it was even like at the sort of very start, Luke wanted us to have like a goal in mind uh, and like a thing to focus on throughout the thing, mm. and then to share it with our partner. And like mine was to like to be sort of like physically open and mm. to let myself kind of like express that like those parts of me. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, wanting to be like physically open to the, the like my partner that I was with. Yep. Um and uh, and and also just like to experience the sensation of like being in my body while participating in something with like a sexual ilk to it. Well, totally, because you you know, in the past being physically uh, like touchy and sexual with people mm -hmm. has always been something that you have not necessarily 
<laughs> no, go ahead. No, <laughs> this is what I meant. He's doing the cut gesture again. <laughs> um, that you have not necessarily been overly confident with in the sure. past. Sure. Is sure. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like, say confident is too... Yeah, sure. Maybe confidence is not the word yeah, I Yeah, I'd, mean. I'd say the other fork in that road. Like, I don't think it's a lack of confidence. I think it's like a... It's like it's fear mixed with like maybe I think that's a lack of confidence maybe. because that that is what that is. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, the, the confidence that lacks because of a fear of yeah. my innerness. Well, yeah, yeah, I think that's all. Yeah, if that's the version of confidence you're talking about, for sure. I definitely don't yeah. mean it in like you sniveling dweeb. Me? <laughs> 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 well, I couldn't do that. No, I mean it comes from somewhere. It's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. you being a loser. No, I guess yeah. I um, guess I agree with you then. Yes, and that's why I think it's so exciting to see you reaching out and engaging with this because yeah, that that that's. Exactly what I thought would happen with you. Sure. And I'm so excited to hear it did. Incredible. Oh my god. Really great. And then even just like, it was. <laughs> James, it was yeah. also like really hot. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jake, I can... I've never heard you say those words. <laughs> That's it was really sexy, James. Big tick and big uh, tick. From sweet Jay. listener, if you have no interest in like perceiving me as a sexual person, you are welcome to stop listening. But it was like it was like a yeah. really sexy time. Yeah, even just in the way of like <laughs> like f- feeling the like so many different facets of it, which is like so exciting and sensual and lovely mm. and like physical and like intimate. And it was just like. Even just to, to make it about the ropes for a second. Mm. It's like experiencing that sensation of like, imagine these ropes around you and it's like, and it's as Luke sort of said at the start, the way that like, if you have enough rope around you, you feel like mm. the sensation, like you move one part of your body and the part of the rope that is connected to another part of your body, it's like, it's almost like the essence of like sexual friction. Yeah. You know, it's like the movement of one part of you brings about this sensation on another and it's like, you feel almost like, coiled in this mass of like oh. muscularity and it's oh. like that's almost like kind of how some people would describe the thrill of sex you know yeah. as a physical act yeah i yeah. mean that the way you just that sounds that's and then, as you say that's just one facet of it one facet because then there's also like the 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 actual like dynamics of the it's the, the person power, you're with it's the person you're with oh my it's, god the the first oh my god the first time that you like you do, you're with a person that you're presumably attracted to as i was <laughs> and you you type like, we started off with one rope each and it's like you tie this rope around a person and you get them in this position where it's like you've got this like knot at their chest and you can like yeah. wrap your fingers around yeah. that rope and you can yank them towards you. Yeah. It is one of the hottest things. Yes. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I, Because I, obviously I've never done a workshop but like mm. I've dabbled. Sure. And that particular instance you've just described of the being able to just grab and pull and like and when you're in that situation being mm. able to be just shifted by your lover in that way it's 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 something else. Oh my god! Oh, Jake, <laughs> what a huge success! Yeah, it was really rewarding. Yeah. Really into it. A really yeah, wonderfully unique experience. A thing that I'm super grateful for. Definitely like a path that I'm going to continue walking down, mm. um, in some sort of fashion for sure. Because even just to like keep like exploring this curiosity, because it was like it was yeah, sensual and peculiar and like and and even just like the way that Luke talked about the practice and talked about even like the people that gravitate towards that type of stuff mm. as, as a, like a, as like a little subculture thing. Yeah. It's like, it seems like their appreciation of particular things to speak of them as if they're a monolith, um, is just a cool vibe. Yeah, absolutely. I and I, I just, think, cause I don't, I don't think you, you quite realize there was that element to the rope play of like, you know, the connection and the, the being like, so like almost like spiritually involved. Cause sure. Yeah. Is, is that something that you was surprising to you? Um, yeah, I didn't think it'd be so, and again, a lot of it came down to Luke George being as marvelous as he is. Like, there's there's something very like calming and wise and like softly spoken but intelligent about mm. the way that 
yeah, he brings everything to the table. Mm. It's like, yeah, there's just, it's, it's, it's that. I don't know. I was, it's just like a yeah. tone that I, as me, like as a student of something, that's a tone that I'm always going to be like, rel- like, I don't know, quite open and receptive to. Mm. And then with it being something that was like so new to me and, you know, sexual and confusing and all that, he, he was just like an ideal vessel via which to encounter this new knowledge. Yeah. Um, if that's an answer to your question. But yeah, the, the amount of just like sensitivity and like earnestness and like breathing and like mm-hmm. intimacy and like freedom to be playful. Like it was just, it was all of these things happening at once. Oh my God. And, and, and I guess the, all that list, I guess is like things that I like about sex, you know, it's yeah. all those things. Absolutely. I don't know. And too, like the person that I was with, one of the things that he said that I thought was great was like, it's so interesting to be like in a, like a room full of strangers, but to be in this moment of like what feels like this like sexual alchemy thing happening while at the same time having to like remember how to tie a knot. <laughs> it's like doing this weird like mathematics and like learning this new like hand skill while yeah. also like deep breathing and like yes. <laughs> it's a lot it's a it's, it, it sounds overwhelming in like the best way. So many sensations. Oh James. James. Really excited. Is this going to have to be like an R-rated episode? Go with that. Oh, yeah, that's so sorry. Ah! Um, um, oh, great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing more about your journeys in Ropeland. I will keep forcing people to listen to me talk about it, <laughs> I think. I'm really intrigued by it. Oh, my God. What, what a huge success. And what an exciting thing for Midsummer to do. So, and so cool that so many people wanted to go to it. It was so cool to... 90 people, and that was just one of the workshops. It was Auslan interpreted, which was amazing. Oh my god! Yeah, and yeah, it wow. was just yeah, and it, yeah, a number of them. Yeah, I went, the one I went to was sold out. I presume the rest of them are too. Uh. It was so great to see such a, like a diverse collection of people at this thing. Yeah, wow. You know? Oh my god, that sounds really special. That sounds better than I could have imagined. Oh my god, so grateful for it. Ah, oh, oh, midsummer. Praise him. Pra- praise who? <laughs> midsummer. Praise pra- pra- yes. <laughs> pra- praise him. <laughs> Because it's Midsummer, but it's also Praise Dionysus. Aha! Uh-huh. Are you gendering this queer festival? Oh no. <laughs> oh no, they're, oh no, they're coming for me! Well. Yeah. Wow, what a successful episode of the Midsummery in terms of we have both had successful times at Midsummer. <laughs> what a clean little sentence. What a human way to say it. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. I'm into ropes now, <laughs> and you... Went to a play. <laughs> <laughs> Both equal and attainable things. Um, exciting times are happening. Um, we got the Pride March coming up. Yes. That'll be the next thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be the next thing that I'm going to. I'm very yes, excited. That is true. Um, yeah. Me, just, yeah, seeing more art and whatnot. Yes, I guess. Yeah, nothing's leaping out yet. I'm seeing, oh, I'm seeing Torch Song tomorrow, which oh, as I'm I said, so excited. super excited about. Um, yeah. Yep. I'm really excited to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. seeing Hufflepuff. <laughs> You're seeing Hufflepuff? I'm seeing Hufflepuff! Oh, <laughs> Story of a gay Hufflepuff, I assume. <laughs> I've got a wand in my hand right now. That's real. He does. It's happened again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, God. yeah oh, I can't wait to talk about another um, addition to the, the outer parody Harry Potter universe. Well, yeah, because we see, we've seen quite a bunch. We we will find the... We'll put a list together of all of, like, the... The Harry Potter things we've seen and spoken about. <laughs> yes. And then we can talk about it next episode. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not right now. No, when we talk about Hufflepuff, we'll talk about... Yeah. We can draw we, some lines between it. Oh, my God. I'm actually quite excited now. Oh, yes. Oh, my yeah. God. We can go full insane with this. <laughs> we have a midsummery Harry Potter episode, which is hilariously ironic. <laughs> oh, it is! It is! Oh, we could be queering the Harry Potter space because, you know, the queers haven't latched onto it enough. That's the thing. Hmm. Okay, we're going to reclaim a text that I've never really cared about <laughs> in order to try to circumvent the damage done by the turfy creator. That sounds like a wonderful thing to do that maybe we will look at next time. We will. 
it seems like a lot of stuff to step around. Don't <laughs> let the minefield. Uh, as usual, and very uh, prominently, we may already disagree with the things we've said on this podcast. Uh, we're human beings and opinions change all the time, and that's what makes life interesting, baby. <laughs> um, and friends, don't let friends become theatre critics. That's true. You've got to look out for it. Yeah, we might change your opinion, but never about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, you, if you spot those seeds, you, you, you dig, and then you pick those seeds up, and you feed them to a dog. <laughs> but then the dog, well, you know what, don't worry. What? That's a bad analogy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so thanks for listening in, dear listener. Yes, thank you for being here for this chunk of the midsummery. Can't yes. wait to midsummerize some more. Gonna throw some more chunks at you real soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Come with chunks. No, I don't know why I'm picturing people catching chunks with their mouths. Chunky. Yes, very chunky. Chunky. <laughs>